On today's episode, I'm curious, are you over 55? Are you thinking about retirement? You probably are if you're listening to this show. Dive into the world of required minimum distributions on today's episode. It's the old RMDs. But what we're going to do today is kind of demystify some of the reasons behind these mandatory withdrawals from your retirement savings. We're going to look at some of the strategies that you can use to potentially avoid them, but also want you to understand the risks of not preparing in advance for your RMDs. RMDs. If there's one thing I want you to walk away from today, it's that. And for those of the you listening to today's show who are fortunate enough to not rely on RMDs for income, well, we're going to look at some other ways that you can use that money that will impact your financial future in a positive way. If you've ever had a question about RMDs, today's episode is for you. Let's get to it. Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Welcome back to the show. Great to have everybody with us here on Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens. He, of course, is based in Overland Park, serving the Kansas City area and beyond. President, Wealth Advisor of KC Financial Advisors, online at Cover Your Assets KC. David, looking forward to today's show with you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. We, um, we're still licking our wounds from that opening <laughs> loss for the Chiefs, but... That was not fun. You know, yeah, that you was get not fun, especially to the Lions. Come on, what in the world? I know. Well, they were ready for us, and evidently we weren't quite ready for them. But hope springs eternal. We get some Jaguars this week, I believe. So Should we'll see what that game. brings. Yeah. Well, Broncos I think out that... near the woods, they didn't look so good either. Yeah, it's a great point. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, there's always this like knee-jerk overreaction to week one results. So let's let's not join that club, <laughs> and let's try to just take a deep breath and, and see what the Chiefs bring out for us in week two, okay? I love it. Let's All do right. that. Very good. Well, we kind of talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about what's coming up today, talking about RMDs, and kind of interesting that this topic comes up today, David, and I just happened to look back at my database to see past episodes that we've done on RMDs, and wouldn't you know it, the very first episode we ever did was about uh, required (laughs) minimum distributions. If you went back to episode number one, that was the topic. Yeah. Wow. When was that, Walter? That would have been in 2018, I believe. Wow. So, and oh. it's kind of interesting because things have changed on the on the RMD front, haven't they? <laughs> I was just getting ready to say the same thing. So that that is not an evergreen podcast. We probably should ditch that, get it out of the uh, out of the list because it's going to have some wrong information on it. Yeah, especially with it being episode number one. I don't know. Maybe we need to pop something else more generic, just in case anybody starts on episode two thirty and they go, "Let me see where this thing began." They're going to hear one episode today on RMDs. That's very different from that first one. So that's kind of an entertaining, uh, entertaining thought that somebody might go down that line. So let's put that in the things to work on. Maybe a replacement uh, first episode we can pop in there for folks in the future. Well, let's dive into this conversation. Our updated version of talking about required minimum distributions. We'll cover some of those changes that have occurred over the last couple of years since that very first episode. But let's just talk about the why, first of all, David, because a lot of people don't even understand why they get to a certain age and all of a sudden basically are forced to take money out of their accounts. Uh, why is this in place? Yeah, so um, everybody, most everybody would know that when they made an IRA or a 401k contribution, well, the IRS did not get to tax that money. That was all pre-tax money that went into the account. And it grows tax deferred, but eventually the IRS and Congress would like to have a little bit of tax revenue out of this. So 
uh, what they did initially was set up a, an age where they got 70 and a half years old. I'm not exactly sure, but prior to 2019. So in that old podcast, if you were one, the year you turned 70 and a half, you had to start taking money out. And that's just because when you think about the balance in your IRA account or your 401k, I like to think of it this way. I have a partner in that account and the partner is the IRS. And they just haven't told me how much of a partner they are yet. And that just depends on the tax bracket that I'm in each year when I take money out of that IRA. So you got a partner. They just haven't told you how much of it they want yet. That's a great point. All right. So that's going to be the theme of today's show. You're going to have a partner in those retirement savings and they want their cut. So I I imagine one of the logical questions you get from people is like, all right, well, I don't want to have to take this. Is there any way around it? Can I avoid RMDs? Yeah. So the, the rule right now is just they've recently, they've changed the starting age. There are eventually going to be four starting ages that we've gotten ourselves up to. Uh, Right now, the year you turn 73 is the year you have to start taking them out. All the way up to 2033, the age is going to go up to 75. So it it was easy to think pre-2019 that this was a rule. It was hard and fast and it was never going to change. So never's a long time. It has changed. And so, you know, we should have some level of confidence that this is what it's going to be during our retirements. But frankly, these rules can change whenever Congress decides to make a change to them. So there, I could think of a couple of different ways that you can avoid having to take them, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to take that with a grain of salt. You could, one way to, to avoid taking them or to certainly reduce the amount that you're going to have to take is by doing a series of Roth conversions before your required minimum distribution age. And because if you have a Roth IRA, well, that doesn't have a required distribution requirement. You're never required to take money out of your Roth. But at age 73, you're required to start taking money out of your IRA. So that's one, is you could theoretically, between maybe your retirement date and and age 73, could you convert all of your IRA into a Roth? Well, maybe. Yeah, you could. Uh, And actually, I've got one example at the end where a client almost got it all converted. A qualified charitable distribution is a provision that was snuck into one of these tax laws in the last couple years. And that that doesn't preclude you from having to take your RMD. But what it does do is if you give that required distribution directly to a qualified charitable organization, then the distribution doesn't show up as a taxable event on your taxes. So let's say you're a, you've been a charitable giver all your life, you're still doing it in retirement, and you don't itemize your, your deductions anymore. Well, one way to get this money out of your IRA directly to a charity and not pay any taxes on it is through this qualified charitable distribution, a QCD. So those are the only two ways that I can think of where you can avoid having to take them. And, and those just mean I'm doing some additional planning to make sure that I'm either not having anything to take out or I'm taking out less or I'm doing it in a tax efficient way. 
Uh, it's very helpful, David. We'll look at the uh, that example. Look forward to hearing a little bit more about that uh, at the end of today's episode. So, if we is this something we should plan for far in advance? Like, when does that planning need to happen, and what are some of the risks we face if we don't pay a whole lot of attention to these RMDs? Yeah, so it's definitely something you would want to look at. Maybe once you're over sixty, once you're kind of in that uh, retirement, we've often referred to as the retirement red zone for the football analogy. But when you can kind of see it from 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 where you are, that's the time I think when you would want to put in some effort into planning for your RMDs. So the primary risks with your RMDs, well, one is since they're mandatory. For a lot of my clients, they get pushed into the next higher tax bracket once RMDs start. And so that's a really good reason to have a strategy for doing some Roth conversions or your you know, qualified charitable distributions. Uh, but knowing what you're going to do with those RMDs, you can project, you can project with some certainty how big they're going to be when you get to be 73. And consequently, between your Social Security income, maybe you have some pension income and your required distributions, what is the tax bracket that you'll have forever uh, once RMDs start? And then the other, the other risk is, let's say that you have an abundance of income. You have maybe a nice juicy pension, maybe you and your spouse have a couple of Social Securities, and then your required minimum distributions might push you over the limit where your Medicare bill every month gets a surcharge applied to it. And we've done, pod, we've done a podcast on IRMA, <laughs> this, uh, this Medicare surcharge, but it kicks in for 2023 if your modified adjusted gross income as a single was over 97000 or married filed jointly over $194,000. So... You know, depending on what your income is in retirement, this can be an extra tax on your Medicare premium just because you started required minimum distributions out of your IRAs and 401ks. That's great. Uh, I'm appreciative of uh, kind of the nuance here around RMDs, understanding some not wanting to take them, some needing to take them, but then figuring out what to do with it. We mentioned this at the top of the show as well. If somebody doesn't need this money from the RMDs for income, so they're being forced to take it out, but they're kind of like, eh, I don't really need this to live off of, are there strategic ways we can then use those funds uh, in efficient ways as well? There are. I've got a couple of ideas from, um, from what we've done for some clients over the years. So there, I have a number of clients that don't need that money. They've got, they live on their Social Security and, and one of their pensions. And then all of a sudden required distribution age comes along and that's exactly the question. Well, what do I do with this? So uh, one is that qualified charitable distribution that I mentioned uh, earlier. That's a, that's a charitable gift that you give to your church or your, your university or some other qualified charitable organization. And that can be up to $100,000 a year per taxpayer. So, you know, if you're Mitt Romney or you're listening to this thing and you've got a big, big IRA, well, you and your spouse could each gift $100,000 out of that IRA. Once you're over 70 and a half, um, you could gift that money and the IRS never gets to tax it. I'd say more than half of my clients who are taking required distributions use this qualified charitable distribution uh, for money they were already going to give to their church. And this way, 
they just don't get taxed on that withdrawal. So that's one. Um, another would be, well, you know, I, I've given all I'm going to give, so I'm going to take the required distribution, and then I'm just going to gift it to a family member. Um, I mean, you could gift that money. You, you still have to pay the taxes on the RMD, so there's no escaping that. But it's a nice pot of money to use as gifts. And as we said in the prior podcast in the last month or two, maybe you fund a young person's Roth 401k or Roth IRA with that money. So lots of things that they could do with the gift that you give them. I have a number of clients that take their RMD and just put it in a taxable account. So their IRS is making you move money out of a tax deferred account. And you can either give it away or you can put it into a taxable account or the fourth one is going to be in a tax-free account. Uh, so stick with me on that one. Uh, back to the third one, though. You could put it into a taxable account. Maybe you're going to buy um, dividend-paying stocks, which dividends on stocks are taxed advantageously. So that's a perfectly good thing to do it. Maybe if that's money you're never going to use, then you might put it into long-term, uh, more growth-type stock investments that somebody's going to inherit in the future. You may have never received a taxable dividend on any of those stocks. And the person that receives it in the future is going to get a stepped up cost basis. So they won't pay any taxes on the growth once it gets invested into that taxable brokerage account. So that's the third idea. And then the fourth idea would be, I have a number of clients who bought something called a second to die life insurance policy, which is a, a, a really good tax-free alternative for, for giving money to your, um, to your heirs tax-free. It only works if one of you is super healthy and the other person is pretty healthy, if you're a married couple. And so I'm going to leave that there because uh, I'm going to give a, in, here in the next section to kind of wrap things up, I'm going to give a couple of specific examples. So I'll talk about that um, in a little bit more detail here in just a minute. Well, yeah, let's get to that example, David. I always love ending episodes this way when we kind of see that real-world example. So how have you helped someone plan around RMDs in the past whose story might be uh, illustrative and helpful for us today? Yeah, so, so two different thoughts on that. One, since I just talked about it, is, is we'll use that second-to-die life policy and just give you a little glimpse of what that might look like. So these are typically their, their grandparents. They're either trying to move money to their kids or their grandkids in a tax-free fashion. So I've had a couple of different couples say, well, we're not going to need either all or a bunch of our required distribution. So what we did was we got them qualified for a second-to-die life insurance policy. So what the second to die means is if you're a married couple, the insurance company's only going to pay out to the beneficiaries once the second of you dies. And that cre- the reason we do that is because it's the cheapest way to get the biggest death benefit that we can get. The insurance company knows it's a high probability that somebody is going to live longer than the first to die uh, person in a couple. So they get to collect premiums for a longer period of time. Uh, but once that second person dies, then whoever they name as beneficiaries, maybe it's their kids, maybe it's their grandkids, but that death benefit goes tax-free to those beneficiaries. So that's a way of taking your required distribution, paying the tax on it yourself, 
but then reinvesting it in a in something that's going to pay a tax-free benefit down the road. Um, I suppose the alternative is there. You could invest in municipal bonds and let somebody inherit that kind of thing. But this is a way, especially if you don't live into your early to mid-90s, some of the numbers can be fairly staggering when you look at the amount you pay each year, and that's a fixed amount each year. It doesn't go up each year. Um, and then what it's going to leave in a tax-free benefit to your kids or grandkids. So that's definitely something that healthy uh, grandparents, 73 and older, should, would want to take a look at. And then the second one, which, you know, we, I seem to mention on a lot of different podcasts, only because I think it's one of the best things going, is that I've had um, a number, I'm still working with a number of different clients where each year we're moving, we're doing Roth conversions, uh, maybe over a series of three, four, five, seven years. And we're targeting filling up their 22% tax bracket or their 24% tax bracket because based on everything we can see and project, they're going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future. So what we're doing now is each year we're doing Roth conversions, taking money out of an IRA, paying their taxes at their current tax level, and rolling it into their Roth IRA, which then grows tax-free forever until they die. And um, the reason that 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 is attractive is what we can project out is once this particular client or couple turns 73, we can, with some level of accuracy, project that their Social Security, their pension, and now their required distribution is going to bump them up into a higher tax bracket basically forever. And so if we can uh, find a dollar amount for this conversion, this annual conversion, that is in the same or lower tax bracket as they're going to be once required distributions start, then these Roth conversions can significantly help somebody reduce future RMDs, um, especially when they're going to be at a higher tax bracket than they're at now. And I think, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the Roth is a terrific vehicle for that because it, uh, the money comes out tax-free. It grows tax-free. It's a great inheritance vehicle. And there's not a required minimum distribution out of your Roth. So those are two, I think, they're two real-life examples from my client base. And both can be, either or both can be really successful strategies for either doing something with your RMDs or planning to reduce your future RMDs by taking action now. All good tips on today's episode. Good to get a refresher of how some of the rules have changed over the last couple of years and what to think about uh, when we start looking at RMDs. And if you are soon to retire or already retired, this should be on your radar as part of your planning process. And if it's not, well, get it on there. Have a conversation with David. Talk a little bit about your plan and about RMDs and where they would fit into the equation, how you're going to handle them, how are you going to make things work most efficiently for you. Efficient use of your dollars comes up a lot whenever we're talking about RMDs, taxes, investments, and everything else. If you've got any questions for David, it's easy to reach out, have a conversation, see if you're a good fit to come in for a review of your financial plan and have a free, a complimentary look at where you stand right now and how to get to where you need to be 
in your retirement years. The number to call is 913-317-1414. That's 913-317-1414. Or go online to coveryourassetskc.com, and uh, you can get in touch through the website as well. That contact info is in the description of today's episode, so you can find it easily. David, thanks for the breakdown on these RMDs, and we'll look forward to catching up again soon. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll um, talk to you soon. Sounds great. That's David Dickens. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Cover Your Assets KC. Advisory services offered through Creative One Wealth LLC, an investment advisor. KC Financial Advisors and Creative One Wealth LLC are not affiliated. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. The information and opinions contained in this program have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. They are given for informational purposes only and are not a solicitation to buy or sell any of the products mentioned. The information is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. This material has been provided by a licensed insurance professional for informational and educational purposes only and is not endorsed or affiliated with the Social Security Administration or any government agency. It is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for accounting, legal, tax, or investment advice.